and welcome to Femon Creatives. This time you've got me, Jess, and I am uh, going to speak to a wonderful guest who I very luckily came across on Instagram and who very kindly agreed to chat to me today. Um, our guest today is Hayley Gullen. She is a cartoonist and a breast cancer survivor, and I'm so excited for our chat. Welcome to the podcast, Hayley. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. It's so lovely to have you. Um, I've just given our listeners a little flavour of who you are, but I think it'd be wonderful if you could introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Hayley. I am 38 years old. I was diagnosed with breast cancer last year when I was 37. I have been through chemo, breast conserving surgery, radiotherapy, a whole load of other drugs. Uh, I'm mainly through the other end of that now. I am working on a graphic memoir about my experiences. I've done other creative projects in the past. And I have a husband and a five-year-old daughter and I live in London. Is that uh, enough for you right now? <laughs> that is wonderful, yes. Um, we were actually just chatting a little bit very briefly before I pressed record about your um your cancer journey which I'm sure we'll get on to chat about in a bit but I I think I'd first because I I know cancer um I have I, I know people who have cancer and cancer can take up sort of their whole world sometimes but I think it's always lovely to chat about the person before the cancer which so I, I'd like to start with and obviously we're here to talk about your your art as well because when I saw your Instagram your cartoons are brilliant and you very kindly sent me some of your some of your um graphic memoirs that we're calling graphic memoir yeah yes you very kindly kindly sent me some of your graphic memoir which I thought was wonderful I think your cartoons are so so brilliant um thank you so so yeah so I mean I, I guess what I, I'd like to maybe kick off by just finding out a bit about when you first started drawing or or making your cartoons yeah this is quite I, I don't know how normal a story this is so in terms of my interest in cartoons I wrote comics when I was 12 I did a whole graphic novel about the adventures of my guinea pig um which um is quite charming but I would not want to be published <laughs> um after that I in my sort of teenage years and early 20s, I wasn't particularly creative. I was really, no, that's a lie. I was into playing the fiddle um, and I joined a Kaylee band at university. So I played lots of folk music, which is fantastic. After that, I, when I was out in the working world, I, uh, this wasn't my day job or anything. I had a day job, but on the side, I joined a folk punk band and there were 10 of us, including bagpipes, trumpet, flutes, Oh my gosh. It was really fun. It was incredibly chaotic and incredibly good fun. I like, I actually quite enjoy being on stage and performing. So that was great. I was in that band for maybe six years doing gigs around London. Like we never earned any money from it. It was literally just for fun. It cost us all quite a lot of money, I'd say. That was really good. Um, that came to an actual end. I then, um, I'd say, before last year, I was really a writer, as in writing prose. So I wrote five novels over the course of about 10 years. Um, 
tried to get them all published, didn't. I mean, that is very competitive. Um, that's fine. I I think my first novel was quite bad. My last couple were quite good. I did get some good feedback from some agents, but I never got an agent. Uh, it's it's just very competitive, and that's just how it goes. And then I was starting to get a bit tired of that whole trying to write a novel and submitting it and getting rejected. It just gets a bit tiresome after a while. So I was thinking about different mediums to try. And then I actually tried writing a couple of screenplays. Really enjoyed that. Um, just to be in a different medium, it forced me to think in a, a different way. Um, and those restrictions placed on you by the structure just forces your mind to be creative in a whole different way, which was really good for me, I think. Um, and then I got diagnosed. Um, so along all this, I wasn't really drawing cartoons for years. I drew the last before last year. The the the, the cartoon I drawn was uh, my wedding invitation. I drew little cartoons of me and my husband, and that was in 2016. Since then, um, I've drawn Paw Patrol for my daughter a few times uh, for her to colour in. But I hadn't really drawn anything else until last year. Um, and something about everything I've been through has really ignited that part of me that was dormant for years. And I, I would be happy to talk about exactly how and why I started cartooning. So if you want me to get into that next, I will. Yeah, I mean, before we do, I think just from what you've said, you seem like just an inherently creative person. Like you like writing, but also, but also like music and performance. And um, you strike me as a, just a very inherently creative person, um, which I think, which I think is beautiful because I, I often think that we try, maybe it's not even that we try, but like people put us in boxes. So like, okay, you're a writer or you're a cartoonist. It's like, no, I'm actually like multiple things. Cause um, like one of my friends is a, she's a doctor, um, but she is also, she also loves to um, draw and she drew, um, uh, we went to her wedding earlier this year and she, drew, she had drawn lot of different places that her and her partner had been and they were on like each table at the wedding so you can be like there can be like lots of different aspects to who you are and and especially to who you are as a creative person um which I which I think is very cool thank you yeah I think um what um in terms of where this cartooning uh drive has come from I think it's quite interesting because um I thought I was a writer of prose and that's what I was. And I think I wanted to be a writer and identify as a writer. And I think I am that, but I think I forgot that I could be all these other things as well. Although it's also quite hard because when you're trying to be creative in your spare time and it's not your main job, you've only got enough time for one thing. And like, whatever I do, I want to get to a good standard. Like, I'm not earning money for anything I do right now, but I want to be better. I want to take it more seriously than, say, a hobbyist. Like, this is something I want to get properly good at, whatever it is I'm working on. So I can't really be a fiddle player and a novelist. <laughs> I, I have to pick one at a time, you know. That's sort of where I am at the moment. Or yes. Happy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, and I'm the, I'm the same because I like 
I'm an ideas person. So I'll have an idea and I'll get really excited about the idea. And then I'll have another idea and then I'll get really excited about that idea. And I have to really like pull myself back and be like, just finish one thing. <laughs> and then, cause I'm, I'm the same full-time job, like, you know, got friends, family, and everything else that life heaps on you. So you can't be like, I'm going to write a novel and then I'm also going to do this other cool thing and then I'll draw in a choir and then I'll do this, you know, like you can't, I mean, you could try. And some people are very good at it. <laughs> but yes, yeah, grounding yourself in, in kind of focusing on one thing. Because because like you say, you want to, um, y- you enjoy the process, but you you also want to be recognized for something that you think is really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so go on then. Tell us about the cartooning process then, because you said that you were a writer and then um your journey with cancer kind of kicked off your cartooning. Is that right? Yeah, I would say so. So I got diagnosed, it was a massive shock. I basically I found a lump, didn't think much of it, but thought, oh, I'll do the sensible thing, get it checked. Got referred to hospital, got the checks done. It was cancer, massive shock. And then I was in this whole, like, literally the next day after I received my diagnosis, I was in various machines being scanned. I was going to all these appointments, being told things about how my body works that I had no idea. Like, all these experts were just surrounding me, telling me things that, uh, how do you know all this about me, which I don't even understand. And I felt very much that... I was, I had this whole new identity as a patient that I was really rebelling against. Like, I would say all the people treating me were kind and conscientious, but I felt less that they're seeing me as a patient and they're a doctor or a nurse. And I've got this 10 minute appointment and they just want to focus on my symptoms because that's what they're there for. And fair enough, their time's limited. But I'm so much more than that. Any Everyone is so much more than that. And I just felt this huge need to express myself. Um, and find ways to do it and I didn't really know how um, but um, I was just getting very frustrated by the fact I had this identity sort of pushed on me and I didn't like it um, for multiple reasons but yeah I felt diminished by it I would say Um, so what happened was so my surgeon who uh, quite early on, I, I decided I trusted him. I thought he was a good guy who took me seriously. But he was quite, he was kind, but also quite aloof. Like he was not clearly not an easy to get to know person. Then I heard from my nurse um, because what, my next appointment with, with him was going to be delayed because um, he was going on paternity leave. So then I had this idea to um, draw him a card Um I think I sent you that that page, didn't I? And I (laughs) absolutely loved it. I, yeah, I loved it. And I know that if I shared it with my doctor friend, she, because, you know, she's the one who is creative. She would have loved to get cards like that from her patients. So, yeah, I did the cards and I'll just explain what was on it. So it was me being operated on by him and he's saying scalpel and, um, it's his baby passing him the scalpel as he's about to operate on me. And I'm awake, looking worried. Um, and so I gave him this card in the appointment and he just looked really surprised and delighted to receive a card. And 
that was really sweet. He, but he didn't open it in front of me, so I didn't really know what he would think of it. But then he wrote a nice note in my medical notes about it. So that's um, so lovely. That it was a, de- a delightful card, uh, which was really sweet. I think that's um, a great way of showing showing in such a in such a um highly emotional situation where like you say like to them you're you're just another patient but for you this is completely life-changing and 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 traumatic and and you're like you're you're a person as like you're not you're not just a diagnosis I think that's such a brilliant way of reminding him that that you're a person yeah and I think um and that just his reaction just made me think oh this is a way I can express myself and communicate and it's really the thing about cartoons is they're so immediate and they can be funny as well and they can communicate so much uh and that really achieves something I think and then I also did a Christmas card which was um like just a little one page comic strip of my year in cancer so just a few like little funny drawings of me going through everything I've been through so I gave him one and some of the other staff that card uh, as well as family and friends that everyone loved it and he wrote again another lovely note in my medical notes about it and one of the staff one of the doctors I saw actually said when I gave her the card oh it's like a a graphic novel uh, this card and I, I then had a thought thinking, oh, I suppose it is, but the idea of doing a graphic novel, that's just ridiculous. That would be so much work. I couldn't I couldn't ever do that. Uh, but then the idea was in my head and I just realised I had so much to say. I was looking at what else was available for cancer patients in terms of memoirs and graphic memoirs. There aren't loads. Um, there are some very good ones that I've, I've, I think I've read. There, there aren't many. So I think I've basically read all of them now. And some, I would say most of them are quite dark um, because it is, it's a horrendous ordeal going through chemo. It's really horrible. But I was thinking about, I, I would not have wanted to read any of those while going through that part of my treatment because it's not, it's not what you're in the mind, certainly not what I was in the mindset for. And it just made me think, I felt like there was a gap for something that was, um, funny but not flippant sort of emotionally true and funny and taking you through everything every part of the process because there's so much about I was so naive and ignorant I knew nothing really about what cancer treatment really involves other than you lose your hair and you feel sick like that was literally as much as I knew and there's so much more to it than that and then the other really crucial part of the message I want to try and get across with my book is so how do I say this so I feel there's a real problem with how we talk about the NHS in this country where it's we, we put it on a pedestal so doctors and surgeons are gods and nurses are angels and I feel like that's actually quite dehumanizing um in the same in a similar way I was dehumanized as a patient but I felt dehumanized by being put into the box of patients I feel it's dehumanizing to talk about the staff as deities or whatever they're so much more interesting than that what I'm trying to get across is the importance of human connection and that's really what made my treatment bearable was being able to connect person to person 
in a way that the whole system kind of doesn't really allow you to do. And then um, we can't really talk about the NHS in a sort of sensible way uh, because we put it on this weird pedestal, but then we also know that things are going wrong with it every day. And yes, it does need more money, but there's other problems too. Um, and I just think if we can get past um, some of that and remember it's all about people and if we can all just try and remember that who, whichever side of that patient-doctor interaction you're on, um, that you're, you're all people, um, maybe we can get to a better place. And I, I feel like sometimes, or actually often, that gets forgotten. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. So there are, you know, you want to remind people that there are people working at the NHS. They're not just, it's not just, the NHS is not just this like being, this this like magical being. There, there mm-hmm. are there are real people and you can really, and I, and I think it's the same, I think it's true of any, because it's it's a very transactional that doctor patient relationship is quite tr- transactional um in that you know the doctor's there to do a job you, the patient is there for a reason like they didn't choose to be there um and the doctor is there to fix them it's like it can be quite transactional so if you and if it's nothing more than that it can feel very dehumanizing because you forget that this is not just a transaction like we are human beings and I think I think it's really in, I think what you're trying to say is that it's just as important as doctors to see patients as humans as it is vice versa like patients to mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. their doctors as humans which I absolutely love and I completely agree with like um because I think you create it helps to create a safe space right I think if you're cuz as a patient you're in a very vulnerable situation and as a doctor in the nhs there's so much pressure on you and i think i think and this is only from conversations i've had with my friend who's a doctor in the nhs you you don't stop it's like on to the next on to the next on to the next and i think it's important for 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 doctors to to pause and 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 be reminded that that their patients are like complete humans in and of themselves um and that's not to say that they don't think that already but of course it can be hard to 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 hold on to that or or to notice that when you are so go 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 all the time and they are (laughs) and because because there are strains on the nhs and so doctors are like on the go all the time but and i've had conversations about but but i I, i've not really had many conversations about people being like but we must see our doctors as humans like in and of themselves like and I I think that's a really key part of it because you're right we do just we we put them we put them on a pedestal but then we also then we also complain about the NHS as a whole and so yeah just just remind just be remembering that they are all humans I think is so is, is very valuable and I think going back to where I was think, feeling dehumanised and feeling that I wasn't sort of recognised as actual human. But I, I think I was able, I, I think what I've learned is that if you can recognise someone else's humanity, then they can recognise yours. If you can give them that gift, you'll get it back. 
Um, And I think that's something I've learned from this whole experience, which, um, yeah, I will take forward into every part of my life now, definitely. Um, And I think that's an awful lot to ask of cancer patients because, um, yeah, it's a, and some people might look at my story and think, well, how, how could anyone, how could you have the energy to like, do a drawing and give it to a doctor or think about what their feelings are like, which is all fair. But um, for me, that was part of how I coped with the whole, it was, that was how I got through it. Like doing drawings and giving them to people brought me joy. Um, And it was, yeah, this is how I, that process was very healing for me. Like I would say, the art I'm making isn't just therapeutic art. Um, I want. I'm, I feel I'm expressing something. I've got a message I want to share with other people. But that act of giving something back to other people throughout my whole treatment has been enormously healing for me. I would say. Oh, that. I mean, that's that's so beautiful. But isn't that so beautiful? Like because, like that healing part after you've had such a such a traumatic experience I think can be really really hard to achieve and also I think healing looks different for different people and I absolutely love that that creating art is one of the things that has helped you um and I know it's the same for a lot of people I mean I I know that if I'm going through something really hard I like to write poetry not that I'll share it with anyone but it's it's one of the ways that I process how I'm feeling um so do you think creating your art was about processing what was happening to you at the time or is it more reflective interesting question and I would say no it was not about processing what happened at the time I think I was I'm only able to make good art about my experience with a little bit of distance from it I had to get therapy as part of my cancer treatment to because I was traumatized. So I would say that's where I was able to process everything that I needed to process. And now I've got those sort of emotions and feelings dealt with, I'm able to do a proper artistic project where I'm thinking about what is the story I want to tell? How do I want to tell it? Um, Which I don't think I could have done I think if I had started doing this uh, earlier on, it would have been very different. And I don't think it would have been as good as in it. It would have been its own thing, but it wouldn't have been. It would have been more about if you're making art to help you cope with going through something that's very different from reflecting on something and sort of repackaging it into whatever you messages or stories you want to tell. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, And what I when I was looking when I was looking at your um your art your your graphic memoir what I from what you sent me I got a real I I got I I thought I got a bit of a sense of who you are just from like um you know you know um like spiritual ethical your sense of humor so would you say that your art is as much about repackaging what happened to you as it is about like you're still trying to show people who you are like you did with the doctor giving him that card being like this is like this is who who I am this is a part of who I am 
yeah, I, I guess I am expressing myself. Um, and that's interesting, actually, because I, I was wondering how much of my personality comes through. Um, because when I've, when I've written a novel, I'm obviously trying to create characters and uh, from scratch. Although I think as an author, every character is sort of a version of yourself to some extent, yeah. whereas the, the comic version of me is the closest it's not exactly me but it is the closest artistic version of me I've ever made um so I guess uh, yeah I think um I've I've got a certain way of seeing the world and how I've responded to my treatment and the experience of going through treatments and I it's not it's not so much about showing everyone who I am it's more about I've got this particular perspective on it all that I haven't really seen in the cancer conversation anywhere else very much. So I think there's a space for it. And um, I think it could help other people if that story is out there in the way I want to tell it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I said that because <laughs> what I loved was like, uh, you you kept including this picture of a t-shirt that says choose, choose bees. Choose and bees. I think, had a picture of a was that a fish underneath yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my weird sense of humour. Uh, so I so there's this online clothing company, and um, you can design your own t-shirts and then get them printed. And they have like lots of environmental slogans and pictures that you can just sort of pick and choose from. So I just thought it would be hilarious to have choose bees. Like not, normally you put a bee underneath it, but I just thought it'd be really funny to put a fish. And I did that actually quite soon after I was diagnosed and it just made me giggle. Um, so I got that T-shirt printed and I wore it to quite a few appointments. I don't know if anyone really noticed it, but um, now it's now I'm sort of making it into a meme, which uh, yes. entertains me even more. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's exactly what I meant about your, 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 you're telling a story. But in that story, we are learning a little bit about who you are just as a person, as a because per- it's who you are as a cancer pa- as a cancer patient, but it's also who you are as a human being. Like um, in your in your graphic memoir, you also talk about being a Quaker, and 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 I thought it was brilliant because I don't know much about um, the Quaker religion, but you depict this, um, you know, this this actual sort of evening where you, you all come together and you explain what what Quakers do and you do it in such a um accessible way you know but 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 a way that is very it's, it's very easy to understand and to appreciate especially within the context like what what you what that did for you at that time um and I think that's brilliant because like you said when you're writing when you're writing a story like a novel a fiction you know, a piece of fiction, you're creating characters who might have a bit of you, but they're not, it's not a story about you. Um, So I love to see parts of the artist come through in their work. Um, But yeah, so, so I'd like, what I, 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 I tend to like, cause I'm quite a creative person. Um, and I know that creativity can be very fickle. <laughs> like um comes in comes in waves and we don't can't always control those waves um so I'm always really keen to hear from other creative people sort of what their creative process is like sort of 
when you might think when, when do you think that you're at your most creative uh, you know it, uh, do you do you have a specific process do, like do you do you tend to do it at a specific time of the day or or is it just like when whenever it hits you you try and make the most of it so i've had to learn this about myself so i am a morning person so in my day job i do my best work if i'm doing something tricky and focused i'll do it in the morning first thing I started trying to tackle my creative writing in that way and it just wasn't really working. And I realised I'm actually more creative in the evening when I'm a bit tired. So evenings are better times for me to be creative, which I think when I'm a bit tired, I'm a bit less inhibited. And I don't know exactly what it is, but evenings work for me. And I have more free evenings because obviously I have work to do in the day and family stuff to do in the weekends. Um, so after dinner, when my daughter's in bed, I these days I um, come and sit here and script out a page and then draw it like draw out some a rough sketch of how the page will look and then I start then I actually do it so I uh, I draw it on a three uh, just pencil and ruler and then I ink over it then I do a I can usually do a page in an evening if I'm clear about what I want to do. Sometimes they need a bit more thought. Uh, and if it's a very complex picture with lots of detail, it'll take me longer. Uh, but I am a fast worker for a, a graphic novelist. Uh, I don't think they normally get done this fast, but I've just got all these ideas in my head. And I, I just, I'm very clear in my head about how I want to look it to look now, which is really exciting. So I draw a bunch of those pages. I take them to my local print shop. They scan them in for me. And then I retouch them on my iPad. So I just uh, get rid of the pencil lines and do any final edits and make it uh, nice and clean and tidy. So um, that's what I do. And a couple of the pages I've added a bit of colour to, to where I felt it needed something extra. But it will be mainly black and white, I think, because doing the whole thing colour would just take far too long. And I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I think I think it's beautiful as it is in black and white. Um, thank you you know you're almost giving them a blank canvas to, to add their own sort of color uh, as the reader which I think is I think is very valuable and doesn't often happen um and I, I I'm, I'm actually so jealous of 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 how 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 quickly you can get the ideas that are in your head onto a page I mean you said you wrote five novels I have not even written one and I've been working on it for over a year now <laughs> So I'm very, very jealous with just how quickly you can you can get your ideas down because I also find that if I work too much on one specific part of my idea, I change what I want from my idea. Um, mm. it becomes you know it becomes fleeting but also malleable, and I just want and like that's not that's not conducive to getting stuff done <laughs> as an artist or a creative person or a writer or whatever whatever title you know we want to we want to place on ourselves so yeah i mean i'm 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 looking forward to seeing you know what happens with the rest of your um memoir because the 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 section that you sent me i thought was i thought was really interesting um and you're right there's not i think i think as a you know the 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 narrative that sits around cancer 
is very um it's the language is very you know oh oh this person is a fighter or or they lost their battle or or they're like you know it's it's quite um the language is quite I can't think of the right word it's almost like aggressive but but and quite brutal and 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 I think it strips back part of that cancer experience so I think it's a great thing to do to want to add in some 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 humor but in an like like you said like not 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 cancelling out what that person might be going through but also just because that's how a lot of people process what they're going through I think is is humor is that is that what you found when you were in it or were you just getting through? oh absolutely I because on the way because before um my screening appointment I was thinking and I said I probably even said to my husband oh I've got a lump and it probably won't be anything and I'll be embarrassed because uh I've wasted all their time and I'll I was given a diagnosis and on the bus on the way home, I was like saying to my husband, well, at least I wasn't embarrassed. It was cancer for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just really dark jokes. Yeah. I was doing all the dark jokes on the way home. Um, that was my immediate coping mechanism in the moment when this horrendous thing had just happened. Um, and that's quite, that, that's quite funny to reflect on. And that, that I, I've put that in the book as well. Um, but I think, yeah, humour, there's a fine line I'm trying to tread tread between not being too flippant or making light of things because I want to be I want to show what the experience is actually like so it, it is dark it is heavy at times but I think I'm really glad you think you use the word beautiful I mean that's quite um it'd be quite big-headed of me to use that about my own work but I want to try and make attempt to make it beautiful because I want to draw people into a subject that you know right my work is primarily, I think, for other cancer patients. But I think about what I would have been interested in reading before I was diagnosed, because this was a subject I would turn away from. I would be too scared to engage with it. You don't yeah. want to. But I hope that my art uh, can draw people in. It's an interesting, funny story with nice pictures. That might be a way that it can draw other people in who might um who like me had quite ignorant assumptions about what it's like and I'm, I'm saying look it's a it's a whole lot more complex and interesting and even for other cancer patients or their carers I can sh- I can show it from a new angle and absolutely for medical professionals too I, I I hope they'll get a lot from it and actually I have shared pages with my doctors and nurses and have had a very positive response um so I think I will succeed in some extent to, in what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I think, well, I'd be blown away if you didn't, if, you know, if, if, if this was not a, a success for you, I mean, whatever success means, but um, I'd be, you know, I'd be blown away. I, I was interested in what you said about your work, this, this book primarily being for cancer patients, mm-hmm. how, because and just because I I am writing my own novel I like to picture what like the very end like which is not conducive but like I like to picture what happened like at the very end um and when I do that I usually picture the reader like who I who who I think is reading the book and what I what I hope they are getting out of the book and I just wonder it, it how, how do you 
what do you what do you hope those cancer patients will feel when they're reading your book so very uh, i can talk a bit about how the book ends which i think will go some way to answering your question so after i was diagnosed i had this period before i started treatment well i knew i had cancer but hadn't started treatment yet so i felt fine but it was a weird time and i went for coffee with my friend and i was sitting in a coffee shop talking to her about everything and this woman came over to me and she said oh i overheard your conversation i'm a survivor five years all clear and she gave me a hug and we had a lovely chat and it was really lovely and then she said to me maybe you can be me in the coffee shop for someone else one day so i thought well my this was my husband's idea actually but my final frame of the book should be me having a coffee being that person for the reader uh, so that's how i'm paying it forward which i think is um yeah, I, I've told you, I've shared my story in the hopes that it will help you and maybe you can share your story with someone else. Um, that's sort of um, where I'm going with it. And I think I'm trying to get a message of hope across. Cancer is so bleak and awful. And obviously, I'm very fortunate that my diagnosis was that I my cancer is treatable and I withstood the treatment well and not everyone has as good an experience, good, I wouldn't use the word good, <laughs> um, as manageable an experience as I did. Um, even manageable is an exaggeration, but you, you, you know what I'm getting at. Um, and I think I'm sort of trying in some ways to portray it a bit like this has been quite an exciting adventure in some ways. The people I've met, the places I've been, <laughs> uh, the, the weird bodily sensations I've, yeah. I've had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and I even remember on the day I was diagnosed thinking, this is awful. And then I thought, oh, this is quite an interest. This is going to be an interesting year, isn't it? I'm going to have <laughs> some adventures. Like that was my, again, my immediate thought process. And I was right. And I think I am, yes, it was an ordeal. And I am, I put that, my pages I sent you, I think, shows that, show that. Absolutely. But it's been a, a lot more than that. That's not the only thing it's been for me. Um and I just want to get across that message of hope. Yeah, it's a message of hope, I'd say. Yeah. Hope. Absolutely. Hope and coffee and cafe hugs is what I got from that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, and also um, I would say um, I was able to express myself. And I don't know if you've seen on my Instagram page, I've got a. Um, some panels about the surgeons up on the cloud and I talk to him and I ask him a question he comes down off the cloud and answers my question so that's showing how there was that distance but yeah I I showed a bit of vulnerability and then he did come off the cloud and was kind because he's a kind person but he was stuck on that cloud because of the gap and I want to show that actually as a patient you can there are things you can do um to connect with people and cartoons was my way but maybe you've got something a way that you can get through to people that fits with your own personality or skills so yeah oh well this has been such a beautiful conversation thank you so much for taking oh, time out of your evening to chat with me um i hope our listeners 
love this episode I'm sure they will and I would encourage all of our listeners to go and check out Haley's work on our Instagram page will you please remind us of what your Instagram page is called yeah it's just my name Haley Gullen that's H-A-Y-L-E-Y-G-U-L-L-E-N brilliant thank you and we will um, include Haley's details in our show notes um you can also follow Themon Collective um on instagram um and yeah just and that i just want i just want to say a final thank you because this is i think this is such an important conversation to have because cancer affects so so many people and even for the people who aren't directly going through it there is a whole community of carers and friends around each you know the 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 cancer patients themselves that I think would also get a lot out of your work so um I would really encourage everyone to go and check out Haley's work and I love that you've started to do uh reels as well because when I was looking at your work I was imagining them like as an animation so I love that you started to do animations as well but yeah I love it they're, 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 they're very time consuming so, so I don't know how long I'll be able to keep that up but I do really <laughs> enjoy doing them yeah yeah, yeah it's great fun oh thanks so much Hayley that this was wonderful it's been a pleasure it's been lovely to chat thank you